genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us once again today are Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson from Star Wars Minute. Hey guys. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 139, which starts with Frodo staring at the troll and ends with Legolo shoots as the troll starts to roar. Legolas? Legolas. 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 Legolas shoots the troll in the throat. Yeah. I thought it's like at the bottom of his face into his brain. So you can see just really quick. It It's really easy to miss. I actually went. I always thought he hit it right in the throat. Mm-hmm. But uh, going back and watching this really closely with the movies by minute eye, <laughs> you can kind of see that he hits it in the mouth. Ouch. And you can see the fletching of the arrow just barely past its lips. Mm-hmm. And when it reaches up to touch its face, it actually brushes up against the arrowhead, the back of the arrow, and you can see it move. Oh. Mm. It's a really, like, detailed digital touch yeah. that I've never really noticed until watching the movie this closely. Because I always thought he gets it at the, um, like, past the chin on the underside of the face, and then it goes up through his brain. And that's why he falls. No, like, he, yeah. I don't think his arrow would be long enough for that to happen. Oh, that's true. But he mm-hmm. hits it. I think he's supposed to hit it like in the roof of the mouth mm-hmm. and up through Ugh. when it roars. And it actually does. Its its fingers brush the fletching of the arrow and you can see it like move like, like, twang. like a spring. Oh, that's gross. Almost. Hmm. It's a really, really subtle thing that is super easy to miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's next. Well. I think that's the very beginning of the next one. Yeah, it's fine. It's all one scene. But yeah, but you you mentioned you thought he shot it in the... Yeah, I always thought he shot it right in the throat. Yeah. But he shoots it in the mouth. Interesting. I've got bad news for you. There's no cure for uh, movies by minutes. I. It's it's (laughs) permanent permanent condition. You're always going (laughs) to notice like stupid little things like that for the rest of your life. Yeah, probably. I mean, I've always noticed some stupid little things like that. Hmm. Uh, when I watch movies, like the first, the first time I ever saw Gladiator, I noticed that, uh, that air canister in the wagon <laughs> <laughs> and I've never been able to unsee it yeah. ever. Anytime I watch that movie. That's so funny. Um, and like the chariot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, like a chariot has like an air canister in the back so that there's like a burst of air to flip it over. Oh, and wow. when it hits the ground sideways, the air canister gets like revealed as like a carpet flies off the chariot. That's so funny. <laughs> So I, I've never been able to unsee it ever since I ever since I first mm-hmm. saw that movie. Uh, so occasionally I notice things like that anyway, or like whenever mics get into frames. Yeah, that's the best. Oh yeah, I love the boom mic. It's like, oh, that guy's not doing his job. <laughs> <laughs> Pay cut for that guy. Not doing any more jobs after that. No. <laughs> right. So I have a question. Yeah. About, All right. About, about Gandalf. Keep them coming. About Gandalf the Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Does he have any kind of spells that can be used in battles like this? Or is it, again, like the Superman thing where they would want to have him shoot a fireball spell and just kill the troll instantly because that would end it? They just want to... Well, Peter Jackson was really against, like, so-called, like, flashy magic. So 
I'm fairly certain that Gandalf the Grey does have like a spell book or like a spell arsenal, but Peter Jackson is not interested in showing like more flashy magic. Yeah. So, because like we see these two wizards controlling the weather earlier in the movie, so he's really, really powerful. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, but that also has to do with like the external power of nature, and they're like calling to it is the idea. Mm-hmm. So Gandalf the Grey and Saruman the White don't have a whole lot of external power that they can just like, or, or internal power that they can just summon up to use. That's part of the deal that they made with the the Valar when they come to Middle-earth, mm-hmm. is they clothe a lot of their power into like mortal constraints. So mm-hmm. they're more powerful than say like an elf would be being able to like call on the spirits of nature or whatever. Yeah. But they don't necessarily have like the ability to shoot lightning. They might be able to ask a storm cloud to be like, hey, can you burn that house down for me? <laughs> and the storm cloud can say no. Yeah. But right. they have the power to like kind of summon up the power of nature and use it. Uh, we'll see in a little while that Gandalf can do some other things too. Right. But for the most part, their power is constrained to what they can convince like the spirits of nature to do, I think is how we're all we're supposed to take all of this. Hmm. hmm. Weird. Be- because they are not in their full power. Right. Because Saruman and Gandalf and uh, Radagast and other creatures like them, but not Sauron, uh, are, or the Balrog, are clothed in mortal flesh, so their power is diminished. Yeah. But, like, the Balrog and Sauron are Maya with, like, their full power. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they have access to much flashier magics. Mm. That makes sense. So there's no, like, nature down here in the mines so he can't like call but there's like i mean the most he could do is be like uh cave can you collapse on this troll that's that's handy that's also very dangerous yeah although it's not it seems like outside of his uh purview yeah yeah he's uh he's a light mage one might say (laughs) right yeah uses the the power of the sun and the fire Mm. but mostly light most of what we see gandalf do has to do with light he summons light. He uses like rays of sunlight to get the Nazgul away. That's true. So the, the, so the vast majority of his magic has to do with like blinding light. Even in the the, the Hobbit movie, mm-hmm. it's like blinding light that kind of cracks the rock, right? And then turns the troll turns the trolls to to stone. Yeah, that well, makes he, sense. But why can't he do that here? Summon a flash of sunlight and turn this troll to stone. Doesn't that work on this troll? He's not charged up. He's he's in the in the dark in the caves. You need like a rock <laughs> wizard. Yeah, did he just use his light spell on his when he put that glowing jewel in his staff earlier? Yeah, I mean, but that was like a couple days ago. Moria is a four day journey. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. nothing for for uh, these guys, right? I know, considering that we know from the book <laughs> that it takes Boromir 110 days to 110 days ride from Gondor to Rivendell. Yeesh. Hmm. So a third of a year it takes it takes four months for G- Boromir to ride by horse with haste from Gondor yeah, but he gets to Rivendell. Lost, doesn't he? Yeah, but he probably gets lost. That's true too. Because <laughs> he doesn't know where Rivendell is. Right. So Rivendell's hidden. I'm just gonna go in the general this way direction and hope I I know it's near one of these rivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I follow the river, I'll find it. But yeah. Uh you said rock wizard, and all I can picture is like a wizard with like black and white dyed beard and carrying a guitar a for a staff. Totally, oh, yeah. Like a, like a fender for a staff. <laughs> or like a flying V guitar. 
That's what I meant. They need, they need that. You know, like, like the leather studded bracelets. Yeah. Yeah. And like a black leather That's ridiculous. outfit. You know. It's like the missing member from Kiss. He's whatever the black, because he's like a hard rocker. Uh, of course. Uh, none he's the hardcore black. wizard. <laughs> the hardcore of like of the earth almost. That that. Uh... Yeah. There you go. That's that's immediately what I pictured when when you said nice. rock wizard <laughs> was like Gene Simmons, but like in a wizard's robe. Oh my god! Right. Sparkly sequin the... wizards robe. Is this troll fight in the books? Or as as big of a deal as it is in this scene? I mean, is it on the books? Like, are they getting paid for it? To, yeah. Is this official or is this, kind of taxes or is this on the DL kind of a thing? <laughs> um, you know, I haven't read that, that part in I, a little while. I don't think it is. Or if it is, it's not as much of a deal. Yeah. Because there are definitely orcs. Um, and then, like, the big... The big bad of Moria is the Balrog. Right. The boss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's the boss monster at the end of the dungeon. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was wondering if that, because we, again, I don't mean to keep bringing it back to Star Wars, but in Star Wars, we had, <laughs> we had a whole sequence that, you know, took up almost the whole week that was basically, you know, uh, in the script, it was like a dogfight ensues or something like that, you know, and then it, you know. Right. They took that, they extrapolated, they made a fun action sequence out of it, but, you know, I was wondering if this is same kind of deal where it's just kind of like and then they you know they fought their way through the mines and then that turns into weeks worth of content on, yeah. on our end not... no there is a troll oh there is a troll um but it appears to be a very very quick sort of sort of affair like they fight the troll <laughs> they run to the, the bridge <laughs> right like they avoid the troll at first oh. it seems well, so there's mention of a troll but they avoid it yeah let Only us leave before the, the troll returns. Yeah. Oh, see. So Peter Jackson saw that and was like, hey, you know what would be really cool if they didn't avoid the troll? I think they might fight the troll again. They might fight the troll a little bit later than when, than here in the, in Balance Tomb. Mm -hmm. But hmm. this does not happen quite the same. The whole Balance Tomb thing is uh, a cobble together of several scenes right. from the book. Because the uh, the Pippin and the well making all the noise is not in Balanced Tomb. Because why would there be a well in a tomb? Uh, <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Maybe the dead need some water. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta water them. You know, I mean, dwarves have to grow food somewhere. What do they use for fertilizer? Ew. Ugh. Hmm. Gross. <laughs> I mean, they, what do they eat? Mushrooms. I guess mushrooms or like, may uh, maybe it was kind of like the way that they constructed it like I was just reading a thing about, you know one of the newer I guess theories about the way that they constructed the pyramids they used a lot mm -hmm. of kind of you know canals uh, water water fluid dynamics and stuff like that so maybe that's why the well was there in the tomb to kind of they were using they floated the, the bricks up Oh, no, but the whole thing's inside of a cave. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, because we're supposed to feel like the entire inside of Moria was carved out of the mountain. Right. Which is fun to imagine, like, a bunch of dwarves with little picks, one at, like, one column at a time, shaping the columns in the Great Hall. Yeah. How long is it? Because how it's long? massive. How long has Moria supposed to have been uh, abandoned at this point? Uh, it's a few hundred years, I think. Yeah, I mean, well, based on how, how dusty everything is. 
Yeah, because Balin tries to settle, uh, Gimli's cousin tries to settle, like, take back Moria. Um, it's like 30 years prior to this story? No, it's in the 17-year Oh, it's in span, the 17-year gap. Um, that doesn't appear in the movies. Yeah. So, in the movie, I think they just kind of make it up, like, 15, 20 years ago. There were dwarves here, uh, but... They it was run over by we just looked this up. It was run over by orcs um like a couple hundred years prior yeah. to this. Uh inside Thor and Oakenshield's lifetime, right? I believe or so. Or they went back and had no, a fight they, there. They went back and had a fight. So they've been trying to take back Moria, but the orcs are just like, no. Yeah. It's like maybe say? it's uh it's inside Thorin's uh great grandfather's lifetime is when it was abandoned mm-hmm. something like that it's it's been like four it's or five hundred years of the third age which is quite a long span of time <laughs> yeah but it's been like truly abandoned by dwarves for quite a while because they've resettled they resettled it once and then were kicked back out mm-hmm. hmm. because the the balrog is a is a mighty foe yeah sure so like many things in Lord of the Rings, it's hard to keep a lot of the history straight when you're talking about things, trying to one minute like at a time. Millennia. And you're trying to keep uh, many, many dates and names and facts straight in your brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, again, maybe so. that's part of why I don't, uh, well, it's going to say part of why I don't like fantasy as much, but it seems like the type of thing that would appeal to me. Yeah, I mean, I I have a similar kind of relationship with sci-fi in general. I'm much more of a of a fantasy fan, hmm. and a lot of sci-fi when it starts to explain to me how things work is kind of when I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm much more interested in just like the goings on. I don't need to know how the technology works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm again the opposite, but it's okay. We can work together. That's right. <laughs> You're a perfect team. That's right. I mean, that's why I love Star Wars. There you go. Yeah, that's not really hard sci-fi at all. <laughs> no. Hard to get through sometimes, but... <laughs> yeah. When they try to introduce a little more uh, a little more science. Metachlorians. Yeah. Um, so this one, it starts with CG hobbits. CG hobbits? Yeah. Merry and Pippin jumping on the troll's back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Some CGI Merry and Pippin. Like, totally CGI Merry and Pippin. Yeah. Is it? Wait. So the uh, sorry the starts with that and then it goes into then Frodo gets Frodo becomes like kind of heroic for a second and then uh, am I am I wrong about that? Do you, uh, do you see like a little glimmer of him being like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy. Yeah, that's right at the right at the end of the last minute. He has that moment where he's gonna be like be yeah. the guy. Okay. And yeah, then he but... gets. And then stabbed, he gets stabbed, and, and then, then Mary and Pippin jump, jump on, on the troll. All right, all right. I had I had those in reverse order there, but uh, yeah, he has the like that that kind of switch. And again, like watching it, you know, from minute to minute, it almost seemed like something changed off screen in between minutes. But yeah, he does have that like, yeah, I'm going to do it, and then he just gets taken out uh, immediately, which is a kind of a funny. If this is a different kind of movie. That would be the, like him, you know, he would be like have that moment of like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to do it now. And like, and he, he would does, yeah. <laughs> destroy the troll somehow and become the <laughs> badass hero. But yeah, I mean, he would have that moment where like he kills the monster much bigger than him, but that's yeah. not a moment for Frodo. That's no. a moment for Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not super into the slow-mo dying quote unquote 
Frodo reaction scenes. Yeah. With like the regular emotion. Oh, yeah. Everyone reaction. They're really milking like this. Is he dead? Right. Moment. Yeah. yeah. We know he's not dead. We know he's not dead. He's the main character. We're halfway through the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're almost two thirds of the way through the movie. We're about two thirds of the way through the movie, not counting credits. Nice. And it's the first movie, so like. And it's the first movie. And it's the second time we saw him get stabbed, more or less in the same spot. So like, you know, all right. right. How many times are you going to milk this thing about? Oh my god, right. he gets stabbed. <laughs> I mean, the, the first time he wasn't wearing the mithril shirt. Right. Right. True. I, I do like though that the. Uh, like there's that series of you know there's a slow motion just kind of like and then everybody gets like a reaction shot of like and even the even the troll seems kind of like oh what did i do like oh oh you okay sorry was i not supposed to do that i got caught with its hand in the cookie jar Mm -hmm. yeah i thought this was the game we were playing dude what do you what what's why are you crying well the one thing I thought was really funny about this minute too is after Frodo gets stabbed and you see everyone's reactions, Mary's face, like he his his jaw just comes unglued from his face because his mouth is open so big. <laughs> He's just staring like, oh, what? And then there's like a moment and then they decide to jump on the troll yeah, and stab right. it to death. <laughs> see, Mary and Pippin have very heroic spirits, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that that's well established. Yeah, which which is good. I I love all the character. Dy- There's so much character dynamic in this like three and a half minute fight scene, and it's all good stuff. There's a lot of good little well, character like... stuff. We even see Legolas save Gimli. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yeah. Because th- I mean, I don't like action without like a purpose. Right, like you Resident know? Evil Six. Yeah, we just watched <laughs> that terrible Resident Evil movie, and I had never seen a Resident Evil movie before, and it was like the most soulless thing I've ever seen because it was just straight action. So like, you need character stuff in between the action to give it purpose and like uh, a forward motion. Yeah. Instead, it's just people hacking at each other for two hours. I don't. <laughs> right, that's what you get when you don't have these character moments. Yeah. Right, yeah, they're all so good. Uh, let's see, and they could, you know, because they took the time to make a really long movie, they can, you mm-hmm. know, they could, they have some things set up that, you know, uh, if this was just the first time that we had seen a lot of these guys, then none of that would matter. But right, you know, because there's two hours before this. Right. 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 So that that you know, then then you can convey kind of good, you know, you can set up these good character moments with just a glance or. Mm-hmm. You know, just well, you know, little little motions like that that then kind of reflect back on what you were doing. I have a couple more notes about the sounds here. Mm-hmm. That uh, for the the troll design, the sound and animation teams like really worked really closely. Where the sound team would come up with what they thought was like a really good roar, and then the animation team would go in and try to animate the troll's face to match the roar they were given, mm-hmm. and then the animation team would come up with like a look, and the sound team would try to match that look. So That's they went cool. back and forth a lot. And the, the sounds that the troll makes are built out of horses, tigers, and walruses' noises. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, like a composite. Yeah, it's like a like a composite kind of noise. And you can kind of hear like the uh the walrus noise more than anything else. I think like kind of like horky. When it screeches a little bit, I kinda hear like a horse yeah. screaming. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I, a horse and like when a horse in a fantasy movie gets stabbed, it always makes the same really high pitched squeal. Yeah, it's very similar to the noise the orcs made when they threw off into oblivion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and that the the, uh, the design of the troll. Uh, we're supposed to feel like the troll is a, a hibernating creature with like its soft belly. So like when it goes to hibernate, it protects its soft belly. And Aww. the reason it's all hard on the outside is because that's all the parts of itself that are exposed to the elements when it hibernates. Oh. And it has like a tortoise-like head. That's so makes sense. So it's like Don't a make it cute. It's like a almost a turtle in a sense. Yeah. Or tortoise. Because it's got like a rocky hard armored back and a soft underbelly. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so sad. Yeah. Did I just scared. make you feel even worse about the troll? Yes, I did. Yeah, guess. this is getting worse. Now, <laughs> now so. not only is it a what is it a, a baby and a pet, no, it's a cute baby turtle pet. <laughs> well, I'll go in the other direction. I mean, it's if I didn't know Peter Jackson was going did King Kong, I would have like this guy really loves King Kong because it it definitely to me evoked oh, the yeah. sense of King Kong on the top of the Empire State Building where your right. your sympathy is more for Kong at that point than for the for the humans, you know. So right. mm-hmm. clearly, uh, I feel bad for this troll every time I watch this movie. Right. Yeah. Every time I watch a movie, I feel bad for the King Troll. <laughs> <laughs> it's just doing its job. Right. He's doing his best. Yeah. Well, Wonder if you could recut these couple of minutes into just kind of like cave troll of the movie. Change <laughs> change some of the music cues and uh, you know just it's edit like it a, around a little bit. As soon as he busts through the door, there's like a record scratch. You're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> then you go back and you film a bunch of scenes with you know up up and coming cave troll, his his youth and his you know uh, his relationships. And then it ends up with him, you know, eventually you build up to the point where he busts through the wall and then he gets just right. killed by a bunch of little right. people and, and elves. And, uh, you know, I remember we you see- basically filmed King Kong with a cave troll. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> we see I another, guess maybe. We, we definitely see another troll. I guess it's in the two towers where they're, mm-hmm. they're where uh, Sam and Frodo are hanging outside of Mordor and they're trying to figure out how to get in and then they see that they're opening the big gates and then you see a troll you see trolls pushing the does that sound familiar yeah yeah and in uh, in return of the king i think we see a couple armored trolls as well and now are those the same kind or are those also are those also different species of trolls um anyway i that? think they're bigger than this one oh yeah yeah and i if i recall correctly they're not the same color they're like tanner, where this one looks gray. Well, it's been living underground its whole life, presumably. Yeah. So that makes sense. I mean, Gollum Everything is, is like tannish. Yeah. Depends on the light. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. It's all it's all gray and so gray down here. <laughs> so everything everything has to be gray. I mean, everything's gonna be gray right up until everything's gonna be red. <laughs> right. Uh, so. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, we have a listener group called Fellowship of the Mic. And if you're so inclined, one of the best things you can do for us is leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Pete, Alex. Yeah, thanks. thanks. It was a lot of fun. Uh, as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. I hope everyone has a great Thursday, and we'll finish off the week tomorrow.
genre.